Hello, everyone, and welcome to Documentation Not Included. It's Thursday at 7 p.m. BST. We're live at twitch.tv slash DNI stream. It's time for episode 11.3. I, freelancer, you're fired. Part two. I am Josie Howarth, and I am joined by the most perfect thing ever, my co-host, Chris Sibath. I didn't write that this week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> hello, Josie. You didn't put anything in. No, no. Well, I thought I'd read it back. You know, I've become a little bit more humble this week. Oh. <laughs> so, Just so, this week. So yes, hello, hello, and thank you very much. And th hello, and everybody in chat as well. Um, please do get involved with the show. If you say something relevant, funny, or even have a question for uh, during the show, anything that we say, please do get involved, and we'll uh, we'll answer it as best we can. Yes, and before we get going, as always, we're going to do our icebreaker. This week, it's Chris who's going to do it. And as a reminder, the icebreaker is just a way to have a question about anything, who, and who we are, what we are, kind of get to know us a little better, and our guests. Yes. Um, no guests this week, but... Yeah. So in in, um, in keeping with um, emotions and emotions running high, I've uh, been involved with a fair few people this week who've had uh, a fairly emotional time. Um, if you could remove or negate a single emotion from the world, what would it be and why? Not a single one. Every single emotion has a purpose. Every single one, the good and the bad. And, you know, I could turn around and say I'd love to remove sadness, but sadness is a requirement to understand what joy and happiness is and to help cope with loss. So taking away coping mechanisms, it just, mm. I, I would love to say perhaps take away the extremities or how far things can get. I mean, depression's a nasty thing in our world as is mania for some people. So there's two extremes right there. Hmm. Um, but for me, I, I could not remove a single emotion. Now, I, all of my friends and everyone who knows me understands uh, that I don't get the concept of hate, but I wouldn't remove it either. Um, I think there is something to be said for even that kind of deep disgust and stuff, but I think it has to be applied correctly. As for what that is, I think it's totally subjective. So I, I couldn't pick a single emotion to get rid of. So the basic emotions, and bearing in mind that there's an extension to these, the basic emotions mm -hmm. are fear, disgust, anger, surprise, happiness, and sadness. Yep, now, out of out of those, I understand and I totally get your point. Out of all of those, though, I would probably remove anger myself because I very rarely feel like anger is a suitable reaction to any situation. I understand it. I get it occasionally. I, I do get angry, mm -hmm. but I don't, I just don't feel like it's a constructive way to deal with anything because it just exacerbates a situation unless you can convince me otherwise. The only thing I, I, that's the thing, I wouldn't want to try to convince you about an emotion. <laughs> um, what I will say is that anger, just like any other emotion when taken to an extreme, is bad. Hmm. But then again, it's all extremes. I see nothing wrong with getting angry at a situation because it causes you to fight back against something that may not be a positive situation for you. Um, anger doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pick up a chair and throw it into a wall. Anger could mean, I don't like the way you're talking to me. It is pissing me off. Treat me with respect. 
You know, there's, I think there's nothing wrong with her being angry, but again, it's the extremes. Yeah, no, okay. Moderation I, is a thing. I mean, I, you know, I get, I get, I get angry when something happens in my professional life, I suppose quite a lot, but I don't, I don't let it take hold of me, I suppose. That's, but yeah, I, I, don't, I, I still don't know if it's necessary for me to get angry. I'd rather just be calm and deal with it and, and get, because I get to that point. It's a, it's a coping mechanism that I just get over and then deal with it. I don't well, know if it helps me. They say that, at least in psychology, and neither one of us are psychologists, so just take our shit with a grain of salt. Um, they say that everything has a purpose. So we experience anger for some reason. We experience sadness and disgust for some reason. You know, these things are there. It's In the end, it's always what you do with the emotions that actually puts uh, weight and validity to an emotion. Because yes. someone can smile and be thinking in their head, I'm going to put you in my roleplay game and I'm going to slowly skin your flesh from your body. <laughs> and yet they're smiling at you while they say this because that's the way it works for them. You know, it's how you use the emotions. I mean, I use, um, I don't do anger very well at all. Uh, I've seen red like twice in my lifetime. Once when someone threatened my dog. Um, the other one I can't remember very well. But um, for me, when I find myself feeling disgust or things like that, I take that and I go, okay, that's a motivation force. Hmm. And I go, well, how do I change things so that I'm not in that place anymore? So it's, I don't know. So sorry for that heavy heavy uh, icebreaker there. It was very deep for us, wasn't it? Usually we have a little bit more javelity, like if you could be a, a jelly baby, what colour would you be? You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, so yes, <laughs> moving on to the serious subject <laughs> of uh, of the topic of the show. Now, this is a follow-up to our 11.1 episode, which we did yes. a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago now, um, where we, both you and I, discussed about recently losing clients. We've, we discussed about how we lost the clients. We've discussed about other ways that, that clients can be lost, or in fact, you can be fired by a client or you can be um, ousted in some way, shape or form. There's lots of different ways to do that. But we didn't get around to actually talking about the the bit that's constructive here is what to, <laughs> to, what to do with that. We did a little bit, but we didn't talk in that much detail about what to do as a freelancer when you find yourself either dropped very quickly as a contractor, sometimes we have zero Day, you know, zero um, termination clauses, zero day, so you can just get dropped and that's it. Sometimes there's quite hostile environments where you'll you'll get locked out of an office if you work on site. I've seen that happen. I've never been involved in anything like that, but I've seen that happen in the banking and finance industry and that kind of thing. Well, that makes sense. And, and various other places as well. Um, just out of spite sometimes, not necessarily because they think the contractors are going to do anything. It just happens. And it's, it's a horrible way to deal with it because them contractors mm -hmm. aren't going to come back when you might need them you know the most um so yeah i'm what i want to focus on here is what we actually do i lost a client a few weeks ago what have i done since I then too. and how how yeah. have i dealt with it on both a personal and a professional level so i suppose <laughs> we can start <laughs> off we can start off with josie how how did you deal with your last client that fired you not necessarily that you fired that fired you oh no this if when, when we go to do the show about getting rid of our clients and firing our clients that's a different sort of type of a show yeah um but in my case uh the moment i received the um 
the notification of, you know, I want to terminate the contract, uh, I had to stop and ask myself, actually, I'll start off with, I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. As we so, most, most of the time we do. You most of the time it. we do know. Yeah, you can totally feel it. Um, I also found myself, because it was a, a three-month contract, I found myself questioning whether I even wanted to renew it before we even got there. Um, so they got to me before I got to them with the, we need to have a, a chat about the contract kind of a thing. Um, and when I got informed, my first, the first gut punch was, damn it, I could have done so much better for you if... And that if is what had me change how I onboard people into the process. Uh, that whole, what are you willing to put into this project? Um, because that is, to me, what broke the, the possibility of that contract furthering or even being as successful as I wanted it to be. Because in the end, yes, I, I have a contract, but I want to do the best job that I possibly can. And if I feel like I haven't been given the tools to do so, and I've tried everything, then... Does that induce anger? Frustration more so than anger. So a subsidiary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, little, a little touch of disgust, <laughs> a little touch of anger. Um, but in my case, the I still had the stomach pit, that momentary drop of, damn it. You know, that really, really sucks. It's a lot easier if you're the one doing the firing because then you feel better. But when you're the one getting that that notification, it's just like, damn it. Well, you feel like you're in control, don't you? And you feel, you feel exactly. like it was your choice to go. Even if you're exactly. on that process of, of making the decision to go, right, I'm... I'm leaving. I've had enough. This has happened to me. I've one of the, uh, twice, as I said, I think last time I said only twice in my career have I been fired. One, I knew it was going to come because there was a snidey person there who, who I was speaking to and saying that I'm probably not going to renew coming up. And then things got passed through the ranks, Chinese whispers, and they ended up getting rid of me. Even though the contract was due to end in a week, it was stupid spitefulness, you know. But it was a very toxic environment that. And then. The other t the other time has been I kind of well I didn't know for certain but I could feel it in the waters. There was two weeks of very little feedback from the client, and I was doing work. And then I got to a point where I was starting to struggle to find work, and I was chasing people a lot. And it was just right. Actually, what's happening? Went away for holiday. Came back that Monday. They said, actually, Chris, we're going to have to terminate the contract because things have changed internally. You know, but yep. Um. What when when that happened to me, the first thing that I did was Mr. Proactive. I emailed one of my clients that's been dillying and dallying around with doing <laughs> some potential work for a while. I emailed them and I said, actually, instead of being available in two months' time, I'm actually now available as of next Monday or whenever it was. And that actually prompted them. And bearing in mind, I've been sending them emails back and forth for a couple of months just to kind of gauge where they were and where, when they might need me. And so I could speak to current client, figure out how to fit them in around it. They immediately moved on it and I got some work from that. So the, there was no real worry there. A lot of the time yeah. you can get very worried about losing the work as a, as a independent because it is this feast of famine it thing. It is, it is very feast or famine. And I mean, in my particular case, I, I will stress that at no point in time did the individual who released me from my bonds 
did I ever treat them with anything less than respect? Absolutely. I accepted and acknowledged their uh, request. I am not going to try and throw my toys out the cot or my bath water out the tub. I love British terms. Um, and ab about that particular thing, because to me, I'm going to leave on a good note. To the best of my ability, I am. They may not have seen exactly what they wanted to see, but I also know that it could have been a lot better had I had a lot more um, uh, engagement. Hmm. Once I had handled all of the offboarding process, I found myself with extra time because I did, for them, a retainership. And so I found myself with a little bit of extra time, and I went, I'm actually not going to try to fill that time slot for them this upcoming month because i know i'm in a, in the process of doing migration changes for several of my servers and things i'm instead going to dedicate the time to that so i proactively used it to strengthen my own company's foundations and continue the background project work that no one ever sees yeah because it, it doesn't it, they don't need to know what it takes to keep the servers running unless they want to know. They just want to know your server's running and it's secure. It's, yeah, as secure as it can be. Um, but I use that time to help myself out. And, and I completely changed my onboarding process to ensure that I got things so sorted for the next client. This brings us on to another key point of when you leave a client retrospective yeah it's very important no matter how awesome you think you are no matter how brilliant you are for those of you who are not watching and just listening to us on their podcast there are these two fantastic fingers pointed directly <laughs> at a beard um, so <laughs> no, ma no matter how brilliant you think you are no matter how brilliant you might actually be it doesn't matter you need to look at what you've done and improve yourself it doesn't matter if you did the best possible job you could it doesn't matter if you um, delivered everything. I mean, in my last, the one I got fired from, as far as I was concerned, everything they asked for was delivered. And I I asked them for feedback as well. I didn't, didn't send them an email and say, could you please give me feedback on what I delivered to you? I just, you know, made sure that they were, it was clear that everything I did was to the standard that they needed it. And I fulfilled the um, brief. Now, luckily, in that instance, it wasn't a piece of milestone work or anything like that. It was day rate contracting, but it was also very much driven by me. They needed me to drive the requirements that they gave me and completely kind of manage the process entirely, speaking to vendors, mm. chasing people, getting information. I had a very high-level list of things to do, and I just had to basically dig down into it, produce documentation, produce reports, that kind of thing. I delivered everything well, probably well in advance of what they thought they could do. Both the people that I engaged with, both of the middle management, both came back to me and said, "It's absolutely nothing to do with what, what you know. It's nothing to do with what you've delivered. It's just the, the budgets and the projects have changed." You know, I knew that it would happen at some point in my career that because I'm a contractor, I'm very lucky that it hasn't happened before now. To be fair, um, yeah. And I've seen I've seen people being shifted between projects internally. You know, say you you. In fact, that's happened to me. I've been shifted between projects because, um, because a project's closed down or it's been cancelled. I worked for somewhere f um, for f a few weeks into a six week contract. The contract that the the project I was working on got cancelled. 
because there hadn't been very much internal communication, as soon as I started putting requirements together, they went, oh, actually, there's a lot more work in this than we thought there was. We need a new team. We need to do all of this other stuff. You need to put, go through the full requirement gathering, blah, 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 blah. And then, it, you know, I said, right, actually, in my commercial interests, there's loads of work to do here that needs to be done. Let's renegotiate. You know, I'll do it for the same rate, but I will change the deliverables to this, you know. So it's it's about that reflecting on you and ref not just reflecting on the client, but reflecting yeah, on what you've delivered as well. It's it's worth taking a moment and literally, it's it's the same thing with every single project out there, a lessons learned kind of a thing. You know, you want to sit there and go, what went right? What do you feel went wrong? And what can be improved? And you use that to better yourself. I mean, every single client that I have had or have, they better me. In every action and every task that I do, I get better. And it's it's due to just the nature of humans, I guess. You know, how we interact with each other, we learn from each other if we're open to it. But I mean, even if you are interviewing for like a nine to five, ask for feedback after the fact. Mm -hmm. Or even right in the interview, I'm really cheeky. I, I say to them, I hope I did you can, okay. You can do it. You can, you can do that <laughs> afterwards. But there's, um, uh, there's two really good stories that I'm going to tell about this. So I know somebody who interviewed with Amazon and during their interview process, you know, they, they could only do phone interviews because massive company, you know, they were looking for DevOps and things like that. And so they did this interview and they finished the interview and then, you know, they waited and they were told, we're not interested. We thank you for your time. Now their immediate response, like most of us is, well, damn it. But instead they sent off an email going, I want to thank you for your time. If you have a moment, could I get feedback from you? Um, how, like, was it something that I said? Was it the way I answered a question? Did I not come across with enough skill set? Could I like just any kind of feedback? They then got an email back from them going, we have never had somebody ask for feedback before. And if we knew you were that type of person, we would have hired you. But they still didn't hire them. They had already filled the role. Oh, right. So, you know, ask for feedback. Yeah. Always ask for feedback. And, you know, be willing to give your clients feedback as well. Because if, if I let a client go or a client lets me go and they go off to somebody else to do something that I have done for them, I want them to have a better experience. I want them to have say the right questions to ask that they may not have known before or you know let them understand the reality of the situation like if you're going to do something marketing you actually have to put money into it i'm sorry you know there's things you can do but no one goes viral because they've planned for it no exactly and i think um so, it, it, i mean it comes down to it comes down to making sure that the people that the people that you're working with understand your relationship in whatever way that that relationship exists or manifests mm. itself and being confident in the ability not your not just your ability to deliver the services but also your ability to deliver future services and be open and set your boundaries yeah. set your boundaries but at the same time be flexible you know i, I said last client I, I spoke to them i sent them an email i said look just just 
if you do have any other requirements similar to this in the future, please do drop me an informal email. We don't have to go through an agency for at this particular moment. I know we officially would because of particular contract terms, but yeah, just to see if I'm available, see if I can help with a particular problem, and we'll see where we go from there. Whether or not they will do that is up to them. I think they probably have internal yeah. processes and kind of setting the ways, but you know it's there it's left the book up and they might remember me in the next job that they have or the next you know when they're running their own company because they've left the particular place they you know it, it could all of that is what that i think is, about these days that is exactly the way it works for me i mean like i said from my company i am word of the mouth pretty much 100 percent word of the mouth very 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 rarely do i get reached out to as sort of a cold uh, kind of thing. Um, and I will state it is fantastic when I work with a company, which I, I have done, and I was working with a particular individual for a particular part of a project, and we got things going and settled, and we were able to take care of everything quickly, within time, within budget, and a little over scope, which just goes to show when handled right, it can be done. Um, and they ended up leaving that company, went to another company, and guess who they contacted when they needed something? You know, there's, there is nothing worse than getting fired. And no matter how much, this is for all of you gorgeous people listening and watching. Yes, I don't know a single person who doesn't have imposter syndrome on some level. On some level, you're going to question yourself when you're fired. Am I good enough to do what it is that I have hired myself out to do? Yes, you are. Yeah, and... The, the... I, I'm saying that as someone who suffers from it horribly. I will sit there after I've been fired, like I was, and I went, oh, I was, I didn't do it. Like, I had five minutes of a mental breakdown just to cope with the fact that I didn't control the breakup. <laughs> yeah, know? well, that's that's another but... thing we need to cover as well. It's the mental state that you can be in after that <laughs> and the, uh, the, the personal level stuff. Because we're talking about business at the end of the day and at the end yeah. of the day, the, there are lots of different types of people in the world and that's what makes the world the place that it is, the wonderful place that it is. People, people are all different and what, how one person deals with a breakup whether it be a personal relationship or a, a business relationship, is completely different to how another one will. I, yeah. I go, at, I go, at, you know, excuse the term, but balls to the wall, you know, and I just try and basically get everything, everything sorted. And I'll, I, you know, I didn't just send that one client an email the day that it happened. Oh, in fact, I did just send that one client. I wouldn't, I would have sent more clients an email, but very, very strangely three of my two of my previous clients and a brand new client all send me messages all within the two days after I got fired saying they wanted my services now it might happen all yeah. day every day and I just don't think about it that way but it just seemed really odd that it happened all and I was lucky in that sense but that isn't just Thanks. luck that's also me doing the work previously and keeping the relationships going Five that years ago, that wouldn't have happened. So important. But going back to the mental focus, mm. um, the the seven steps of grief you're going to experience, period. You're going to go through it very quickly in some cases, very slowly in other cases, depending. I mean, I've, I've had a uh, quote-unquote recent breakup, um, and I'm still suffering 
Um, and it's probably going to take me a couple weeks to to wrap my head around the loss of something like what I've lost. Mm. Um, but it's I also understand that it's not the only thing. This is why I like doing what we do, Chris. Have you done your retrospective there, on this particular problem? Um, I have not done it yet because I had done a lot of stuff leading up to it because I kind of knew it was coming. Mm. So there were a lot of things that I had done previously with the, well, this is what went right. This is what went wrong. This is what could be improved. But I have to wait till I get out of um, the morning. The funk stage? Yeah, the funk stage. I said, the morning. The way, I, I am <laughs> seriously different. in mourning about a, a particular um, thing that I, I know about that I can't say anything about. But, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in the end, you know, you're going to go through these different stages. And as I was saying, I love being what we are, Chris, because while I may have been fired and I may see something that I love, you know, kind of going away, I have other clients that, for lack of a better term, feed that dopamine hit. Hmm. And I, I am the kind of individual when the brain is going into a downward spiral of mourning, if I have a to-do list, I'm okay. I can keep functioning. So having these projects that I'm working on for other clients in my face, I can shut off the part of me that's mourning or the part of me that's just sad about the loss. And I can be like, okay, so this client needs this, 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 and this. All right, I've got this project set up. Now I've got these things set up. I've got a release schedule set up. I've got this set up. And now I've got this work to do. I've now got these statistics and metrics to work with. And I have energy again. And I'm able to just take that and run with it. And then as soon as, you know, my hourly time is set, done for that I then put that away and I step back and I just take a deep breath and then I go oh no and I start mourning again but because of the fact that that is how we function we have so many different clients in my case I have tons of clients at once whereas you tend to usually you're focusing on what two to three clients at max at a time usually one to be fair I mean as much as I want to work with multiple clients it doesn't happen as much as I'd like it to it's just the nature of my work is very it's very heavy. The lot, a lot of the stuff that I do is it requires full time. And I, I mean, I've just had to sell myself right. into a particular client who thought that I might be able to do it ad hoc, uh, you know, hours here and there. And it's like, sorry, but I have to open your eyes to the real, the real life yeah. situation. I've got, I've got this. In, I've got two hundred and fifty bugs to go through um, to look at. Uh, for a future resourcing that I have to do, so I have to design things like a technical test. I have to go through CVs. I have to, <laughs> I have to also implement an agile process and get the existing um, staff on board with it as well. I have to basically pull them out of of a situation that they shouldn't really be in, and and that, right. I, it's like, come on, you know, it's. I know that they're not technical, but they're running a software business, and it's difficult for me to yeah. sell my uh, without trying to come across like I'm trying to oversell myself because they don't understand the amount of work and the level of detail that all of it. And then I've also got to do software changes as well on top of all of this other <laughs> stuff. So there's a lot of work there and it's like, I'm sorry, but you're, you're fooling yourself if you think that one person can do this part-time. You need six people to do this full-time and I need to be full-time oh. now to get you to that point where you can actually right. 
start to maintain your software and get it into a nice position. So yeah, it's a but, and everywhere. See, that's the thing. In in my case, it's I have so many different clients that I work with at one time hmm. that it gives me the opportunity to quote unquote spread the love. And when I find myself without dedicated hours for work, there are other things that I can do. You know, I can, if I choose, hunt down more clients. Now, like I said, I am, generally speaking, word of mouth only. And it has served me very well up to this point. If I wanted to, I could invest in other marketing avenues, networking groups, things like that. Um, You could, if you find yourself in a position where you're feast and famining, and you only have one client at a time, like say Chris does, maintaining relationships and, and this, with again, all of your previous clients. All previous clients, dropping dropping quick emails to people, actually picking the phone up and speaking to people. And as much as I'm loath to say it, and most contractors are loath to say it, agencies, keeping a relationship with an agency to make them remember, if you did a good job for one of their clients, I know they're mm. just essentially a... Uh, financial funnel most of the time they do do get the work and they do also do quite a lot of work for clients in that they sieve through cvs and separate the wheat from the chaff and all that other stuff they have their value i'm not sure it's as much as they charge for their value but it is what it is and you know that's the world we live in it's a capitalist world um but it's still for me maintaining a relationship with a good agent that's treated me well that's not ripped me off that's not charged me out at double the rate that I'm getting, you know, that kind of thing, then that's that's valuable to me going forward. Yeah, see, for me, I've, I've, I've dabbled with the concept of using agencies and things like that. But after witnessing what my husband went through with agencies, I am um, loath mm-hmm. to, to go that route, especially with what I do. It is so bespoke, yeah. um, the services that I offer... That it is, it's, I'm sure, I am sure I could find an agency to go through if I so choose to, especially with a couple certain skill sets that I have. The problem is for me, um, agencies make me feel dirty yeah. and they, they, they kind of feel like leeches to me. This is, this is just from the sideline. I know of uh, a particular agency that my husband had worked with when he was transitioning positions. And there was an individual in the agency who was one of the coolest people ever. And it was so cool. I even gave them a phone call and I'm like, I like the way you handled everything with my husband. I am curious, would you guys be willing to represent me? And what is it you offer? How do you work? All that kind of thing that goes with it. That is how much they impressed me, even though mm-hmm. I personally feel that they were leeches uh, because my husband got crazy phone calls at all times. So, so that I mean, that applies to me occasionally as well. I, I mm. Occasionally I come across, there's maybe, I mean, I've got over 1,400 agents on my contact list and occasionally i come across somebody an individual that works in a company and the company might not have the best um reputation in the world but an individual who usually isn't and isn't at that company because they've got a good worth ethic and they're not getting rewarded like they should be they end up in a a different agency and they will ring me up again and i will (laughs) want to work with them directly i haven't been in a situation where i've been working direct with a client 
and I've wanted to put an agency there yet, but I do have one or two people in mind well, if I want that protection. I, I think it's worth mentioning, um, you know, if you are involved in IT, if you are involved in DevOps and you're looking at getting into contracting, if you are a developer and you're looking into getting into contracting or freelancing, make friends with agencies. Mm. Yeah, Just I mean, it's, learn where to draw the line. and Learn how remember, to deal with them remember that you have every right to tell them to shove it. And you also have every right to go through the contract with a fine-tooth comb and tell them to remove clauses and not sign the contracts. Because yes. at the end of the day, yes, you might be one of 500 people that have applied for a particular job or they've got on, on the books for the particular job, but if you've got to the point where you've got a contract in front of you, the client wants you, you have a little bit of power and you have the right to ask them to modify the contract, reduce terms, and then we've got things like opting in and out of agency regulations, which say is a whole subject in itself that we really <laughs> need to cover on this because we need to get someone from an agency, and after we tell them their leeches, I'll tell oh, you. Oh yeah, what. I'd love to do. I, you know, I could I could even contact some of my contacts and ask them see if they're interested. <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind is if you work with agencies, keep track of every job they send you information on because. Many agencies share position searches. So you might have agency A going, hey, we have this fantastic job that we've got. It's at a company, uh, you may have heard of it, it's Amazon. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, really, what role? And you go in for a little interviewee-poo, you get another phone call from another agent. Hey, this is agency B. We have this fantastic role. It's with Amazon, but it's a different role name check on things like that because yeah. i mean i have witnessed people go in for interviews with agencies or on behalf of agencies finding them interviews and it's for the exact same role but most of the time even when you give uh, an agency exclusivity you write them an email because they usually say can you just give us an exclusive email just saying no. you're happy for us you either say no to that or you say yes to that and it's not worth the paper that it's that the email that it's written in it is not mm -hmm. a legally binding document however the problem is is that they've already scared clients into believing that that they've already scared clients into believing that you've opted into or they don't even clients don't even care that you've opted out of the regulations <laughs> and you have an eight week period oh anyway let's not go into that we're on the totally well, wrong we'll subject we'll do that in this. an agency yeah. talk but yes, yes so you go through your morning process you go through your retrospective you get yourself situated and you tackle your next set of projects mm -hmm. what do you recommend chris for people who have been fired by their clients to not do because we're talking about all the great things that you can do yeah yeah, yeah but well, what are the pitfalls there are things that Pit are easy there are things that are easy to do as well and i am guilty of this occasionally if i've had a particularly hard um few months or year or you know a long contract or something it's been long hours or something i will procrastinate i will just play computer games i'll sit around in my pants and just do what I want because I've earned my money for that you know for the last three months and I deserve a bit of time off but the problem there the problem with that is that you can do it for too long um, mm. and, and I mean I haven't really maybe once one particular year um, I had nine months when I didn't work and I was all right financially probably shouldn't have you know done it as long as I did I did use a little bit of my savings and things like that and we're all entitled to that kind of thing but at the same time, 
it doesn't make business sense to do that. I even had my accountant at that moment, at that time, saying to me, do you need to put your company into um, sleep mode? What do they call it? Dormant? I do don't you... know. I've never dormant? thought, I've never, I've never considered doing that with my company. Oh, no, no, I never considered I it. No. I was still paying myself I, I, a wage, you know, I was still that kind of, and it's perfectly fine to do that because I was still working. I haven't a it's, a, it's called dormancy, company dormancy. Oh, do you dormancy. Need to, do you need to put right. your company into a dormant state because you haven't had any income? And I was still, um, all my, um, my account was still doing all my returns and everything and it was it was, it was only nine right. months so it's not like the end of the world and I did have little bits of income here and there but it's very different now in that I might have periods of time off work but all of that time I am now networking looking at things I'm not constantly busy don't get me wrong I have a day off now and again but I don't procrastinate I don't sit in my pants and play games anymore you know I'm a grown-up now <laughs> and I realize that to build You're a business adulting. There's a big difference between my attitude back then and my attitude now, though, because I look at myself as a consultant and as a business, and I look at myself as a professional that is offering a valuable service to people, whereas previously I may have just looked at myself as just a developer that was kind of going in and earning a bit of money for a little bit. You know, it's a very different ah, mindset. Yes. Um, yes. And, and these days I I am actively trying to arrange multiple things at once. I am actively trying to maintain relationships with people and I'm actively trying to um, ensure that I don't only look like a business, but I act like a business. And and I've done that for a long time now, well over 10, 15 years. Um, but it, it's, I didn't used to, you know? And there's a, there's a yeah. big distinction there. And there's a lot of people in the contracting market that don't look at themselves as a business. And... Yeah, procrastinate See, I, was the answer. <laughs> I, I think that, that's the thing, though. I think that that I think needs to have some kind of distinction. We know for a fact that contractors can be companies. Now, how you view yourself in the perspective you have on who you are as a contractor, freelancer, etc., I think will shape how you actually spend your time after being fired by a client or after even you fire a client or what have you. For me, I when I very, very first started out, it was, okay, I am a freelancer that just happens to be making money. I need a company to, you know, handle all of the HMRC. Yeah, yeah let's just that's take care basically of that what I was, yeah. yeah. However, at this current moment in time, considering the fact that I have had contractors working underneath me for other projects, that I have had an employee kind of working underneath me, I look at it vastly different now because it's no longer just, I am a contractor offering freelance services in the world of development, woo, or all the other stuff that I do. It's now, I am a company. My company offers services. It just so happens that I am an employee of my company. Mm -hmm. And that is a vastly different mindset. So instead of it being, well, I now need to find a job because I need to keep food on the table. It's more a matter of for my company to run, I have X output. Mm -hmm. I need X input for me to grow and prosper. I need X more. How do I make that happen? And it, it's it's this mindset switch. It's this sort of flip yep. that happens. And it's at that point in time that I realized I need more than one client. And it that's why I service uh, at this current moment in time, I have nine active clients. And you know, it's it's the way I forward. Know. I mean, it's 
when you look at yourself as a consultant. Sorry, 14. I have 14 active oh, clients. Sorry, five oh. clients that we forgot. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. But you look at, you just, look at yourself. They're, they're under maintenance mode right now. So for me, <laughs> they, they I don't have to do daily like or weekly kind of look-ins on the I, – I have a – yeah, workflow is different for that. But yeah. you, you need a, <laughs> a post-it note on your desktop to tell you how many clients you've got. Now, all I have to do is open up Jira. since the last accident in the workplace. All I have to do is open up Jira or open up Glow, and I know where I'm at. But God, So, yeah. I mean, on, uh, that goes hand-in-hand hand with procrastinating as well is, is things like wallowing. You know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, don't feel sorry for yourself. Do that retrospective. Look at it proactively. Look at yourself as a business and look at... Could I have dealt with that differently mm. instead of just worrying about what might come? There's the wallowing of what might happen in the future. There's the wallowing of what happened in the past and I, I shouldn't have dealt with it that way and, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. But you can't. to me, I can't do that personally. I I don't have it in me to wallow. <laughs> I, 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 that's the thing. It's not so much wallowing. I have um, the dark stranger. Okay. I have the voice in the back of my head that when I am in the process of doing work for a client and it may match something of relatively similar to the client that I had lost, my brain will sit there and go, yeah, and that's how you lost that client. And now granted, keep in mind, this has happened twice for me. Like the only times I've ever been hired is with like contract work. Mm -hmm. And as I said, for this last most recent one, it was running out of contract time anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and I was planning on firing them. But I still have that voice in the back of my head that will go, yeah, you remember that? Do you remember that thing? And it's it, it's typically known, uh, my husband nicknames it the dark stranger. But it, it will show up, and it's not so much of a wallowing as this sort of my brain wants me to trip up, I think. It's been so conditioned to do that. So to fight it, I have my to-do list for my other pro my projects, for my other clients, well, and that... it's wonderful. But that still keeps coming back, and it is it will trip you up at times. It'll make you second guess I'm not, I'm, what I'm... choices or actions you're making for the next client. I'm not perfect in that respect, and I do, you know, I, we've all got a darker side in that we don't... You're not you perfect. Heard it, I'm sorry. Heard it here I'm first. sorry. Um, I'm sorry, what? We all have a bit of a darker <laughs> side in that we can mm. we can wallow, we can procrastinate, we can, we can worry about what's happening and what's going to happen, but it doesn't consume me, if you know what I mean, and it shouldn't consume you. You should look at yourself as a business and you should look at, I'm always growing and I'm always improving. Yep. Saying it is easier than doing it a lot of the time. But mm. it's also, you've also got to think about, especially as a business, especially in your shoes, Josie, where you've got 14 clients, there's 13 other clients there that need your time in some Absolutely. capacity and you can't you can't you can't you don't have the time to, to walk no. i i do when i've got a single client i do have a bit of time because i'll get i'll get the invoices paid i'll have a bit of a war chest as we were talking about with the finance mm. thing last week um and i'll have something to to lay back on but life plans also need to come back into it and i need to remind myself i'm saving up for a house you know for I want to. I want to move into a bigger house. That kind of thing, you know. Again, first world problems. And I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this and they're on the breadline, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm not. I'm not meant to. Not meant to put any, put it in anyone's face or anything. But well, it's it, everyone's different, aren't they? Everyone's different. And when you run a company, the important thing to remember is 
your company, if it's to stay afloat, you have to be able to cover expenses yep. and you need to have clients. It, that's it. And if you are lucky enough to get yourself into a position where you have a steady stream of clients that can cover the cost of your outgoing expenses, including a basic paycheck for yourself, look at investing in stuff. Mm. But, you know, it's the danger of the industry of contracting and freelancing. We say it's feast and famine, and it is. And if you wallow, if you procrastinate, if you throw your toys out the cot or your bath water out the bathtub and start trying to burn bridges, mm -hmm. all that shit's going to come back and bite you. Yeah, it I really mean, if uh, we, we, uh, we briefly talked about how to leave a client and burning the burning bridges mm. is a, a significant part of that as well. I, I I have burned bridges in the past and I'll never go. I've, in fact, I've sent emails to previous clients, not necessarily saying sorry, but kind of saying, do you want to work with me again? And I've just had no. I've I've had people who haven't replied, and I've had people who've been like, "No, Chris, sorry." One in particular, I remember, I worked for them through an agency, um, did what I thought was a great job, was a great job. Contract ended naturally; it was all good. Um, and then I went back to do another two weeks worth of work for, with them a few weeks later, months months later, very early in my contracting career, so didn't really mm. take contracts as seriously as I should, possibly. Um, or no, that was it. I was actually opted into that contract. It was after the eight week period. The agency came back when they found out that I went straight direct to the client after the legal period that I could go back to them because the contract with the client said two years or six months or 12 months or something. So I was within their right. period. However, that is not a legal clause because there is agency regulations in place that stop that from happening. However, the client was under the was basically they wanted to cut out the agent in order to save money i didn't charge any more money either so i was in the same boat either way didn't make any difference to me um and i said to the client look i've sent you an invoice i'm expecting that to be paid um because we've we've agreed we've got a contract in place and they took that as me being overly uh, forceful because they thought they had to go through the agency in the end the contract was raised through the agency again. I got paid via the agency. They whacked their fee on top. The client didn't need to do that, but they were scared by the agency, obviously threatening them with some kind of legal action um, to to kind of go through. And they didn't need to at the time. And that ruined the relationship with us because I essentially sent them an email saying, I expect this to be paid in seven days. That was the only thing that happened that was uh, Bernie Bridgey type thing. You know, it was the only... You know, see, that's that's just it. Uh, people are going to see things their own way. Yeah, and it was email as well, so that didn't help. Pick up oh, the phone. Oh dear God! Yeah, pick, pick up, up the yes, phone. I've learned phone. this. I've yeah, learned so many times talk. to to speak. I've had it recently. Um, a newish, a client. I won't go into any more detail. Sent a very short, curt email in a reply to something that I um that I put together. A, a, a list of deliverables that I that we he asked me to write and put mm -hmm. together, and I sent a big long you know I spent an hour writing an email so I was clear on what I would uh, what I would think. I got an email back saying, um, I, I won't say exactly because they might figure out who they are and it's not it's not the point it's very recent. So I wanted to, uh, basically it was a bit it, it it could have been taken as rude put it that way the way that they put this but it was a very short reply and they were busy so 
I got a little bit riled about it. I was a little bit spot to my wife, you know, like the old, you have to vent somewhere, the catharsis. And um, yep. and she didn't help, to be fair. She made me even more kind of... So um spoke to them the day after on the phone. Perfectly fine. They weren't being funny with me at all. They were fine. They just, they were busy. They didn't even say, we didn't even raise that as an issue. It just wasn't a thing, you know. But because I read an email in a particular tone... You know, you can read emails and Facebook statuses and all kinds of stuff online. Like, me, 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 me. <laughs> you know, phones don't always make it any better, to be no. perfectly honest no. with you, because phones can make it even worse because you don't see the body language, too. Mm. Um, this is this is why it's important to kind of understand the people who you work with. You know, trying to get a handle on personality is part of what we do, especially in your case where you're in and out quickly in like a three or a six month contract. You know, you're going to have to be thrown into the deep end. Whereas for me, the relationships that I develop with my client last years. Yeah, and so, I wish I could be in that situation, but people don't tend to pay the rates I charge for really long periods of time unless you're working for a massive bank. And then that's a situation I don't want to be in because it's your essentially their employee for a long time and it's not it's not what i like doing i don't i prefer the short yes. pieces of work managed services it's a beautiful yeah. place to be yeah. <laughs> and it's a really crappy place to be with certain slas but yes yeah. um we are now at a point where we should go into our tfm before we go there just as a reminder folks it makes a difference whether you're a freelancer, whether you're a contractor, whether you run your own company and you're trying to get customers and clients, or whether you work a nine to five job. Everything we've talked about here can work to your advantage. And everything Just, we talked about drills down to be nice to people. It really does. It really does. I didn't realize that until a little bit late, quite late in my career, to be fair. And now there's a prof professional respect there, but there's also personal level of you're just another person and i know you're under stress as you, this is the sonder thing yet again let's just call ourselves documentation not included call on sonder because that is literally the a word that describes so much in my life now and how i understand other people and how i understand the world works and it's it it makes such a difference being nice and not worry not getting too stressed about things and not worrying about what people no drama lack of drama that's that's the best way to describe my life now i don't have much drama anymore empathy is a good thing yes. and saunter is a very good thing we may have to go back and like review all of our community guidelines and everything else and just like whack saunter in there absolutely or something but yes we are now at a point where we go to our rtfm this is the part of the show where we get a a chance to rant about anything and everything. It could be development related. It could be programming related. It could be work related. It could be client related. It could be, I don't know, space related. Whatever it is, it's just a chance to vent. And do you have an RTFM? Usually, I've I've got a little post-it on my monitor, and I've because at some point <laughs> during the week, I'm like, that oh, that's a good RTFM this week. And you know what? I'm not sure I can come up with one this week. I did talk briefly about um, uh, expectations of people earlier on, and I suppose I can use that as my RTFM. The expectations of particular clients in this instance, um, where they don't understand and they're too busy to get there to wrap their head around a fundamental oh. part of their business uh, that, that's, yes. that's key to how things work. And if you want something done, 
you need to do it in a particular or, or you need to do it in somewhere and not grasping that you need for example you need six people to do this job and that's your business you've got every employee you currently have telling you that you need more resource and not doing much about it and i know sometimes hands are tied and i know sometimes people you know you don't have the finances for it and that kind of thing but when you're in that kind of situation that catch 22 what do you yeah. what can you i mean i i i would not like to be in that situation i luckily don't have to make those kind of decisions i am a service provider and i tend to charge people mm. to solve their problems rather than create problems for them that's a wonderful place to be in my this time of my career i solve people's problems that is yeah that is fundamentally if you boil down what both yours and my companies do it is we solve problems it's a good and outlook to have as well because a lot of the time, they, developers especially don't feel like they're solving problems. They feel like they're firefighting. No, they, not just firefighting. They feel like they're fighting the establishment half the time as well. Mm. You know, because when you start getting into the larger situations of trying to deal with everything from ITIL to, you know, having a good CMDB or like it, it, it can get crazy, absolutely crazy. And getting stuck in an environment where you don't see output where it feels like a slog that's not where i want to be yeah i like what i do because i can pretty darn quickly see the the recovery the process the evolution of a project um because even when i do short-term projects the output is tangible most of the time it, well these days it is i choose to take contracts where i can see an output now. yeah whereas i didn't used to i used to choose a contract based on rate or you're a asp.net developer for three months and you're going to be involved in multiple projects possibly we don't, it just it's just a rolling now these days i don't take Ew, those kind ass. of yeah well <laughs> i don't look at those kind of roles anymore i look at there is a physical milestone delivery here or there is something that i can make a tangible difference i can write you a case what? study for every piece of work that i have a start exactly and an end and that's, that's what i exactly love the case. love the fact that i can do that it's it's such an important thing for contractors and freelancers to have something to show work has been done mm -hmm. and if you are just brought in to just you know data entry as you know, it is a thing that you can go and get oh, contracted. Absolutely, for. yeah. I've never done that. But. You will see absolutely no output from that in a way that allows you to further your business. If you were just trying to contract yourself, and it's that whole mindset thing: Are you just a contractor, or are you a business? Mm -hmm. And it makes a huge difference because if you're just a contractor, that data entry is that paycheck it's that guaranteed work for x amount of time if you are a business you are solving problems with a tangible outcome and deliverable that you can then use to present to grow your company and your clients yep. if base. a That's... lot of the time i'm not allowed to either i'm not allowed to write a case mm. study and, and use logos and use people because i work for oh big, no big i can't clients. either really annoying as well sometimes NDAs. Sometimes I do such File a this good thick of NDAs. Yes, um, I do such a good job of something, <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to document that, and I want to write a, a star case study or a cast case study, and I want to be able to go put that on my website, and it'd be lovely if I could use your logo. If I can't, it's got no credibility. There's no, 
that yep. it's just me writing a story, isn't it? If I don't, and it's it's so annoying because this is an industry where you need to prove yourself. And my CV yes. is full of names of companies, the same companies that I would publicly put on my on my um, website, but I can't make that public. And plus, it's got personal details in that I don't particularly want to be public either. So right, right. you know, it's I'm in a catch twenty two. So I have to pick and choose. I and- will show you how to work that to your advantage. I like it. And maybe that should even be a, a, a show unto itself. Absolutely, yeah, yes. definitely. What's so your RTFM? My RTFM, <laughs> my RTFM is slightly political. Okay. It is too bloody hot. Climate right. change, fix it. Oh, right, okay. That's, that's, that's a problem we can't, even we can't solve. You'll see, unfortunately. I actually do my very best to to minimise um, my output, my carbon footprint. I, that one of the reasons I work remotely and work at home is because what's the point in me getting into my car what's... every day when I don't need to? Exactly. Now, I understand exactly. public transport is available, and blah, 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 but still, I'm in an office. I'm, ch- I'm actually using more electricity and more. there's more carbon footprint by me being in an office and being in a city. Um, on top of that as well, recently i've just noticed um me and the missus have gone on a bit of a since we came back from our holiday a little bit of a diet type thing we've changed back into healthy eating we don't use anywhere near because we eat healthily we don't use anywhere near the amount of plastic output and anywhere near our bins are even not even quarter full in a two-week period and they used to be absolutely rim rammed to the rim and you know we go for walks uh, we walk uh, into town on a friday which is about three miles instead of getting in the car and driving into town and i go on my bike as often as i can and that kind of stuff so i do my bit i try to do my bit he says staring at four monitors and two yeah uh, i know two, i was about to say and here i am three monitors i <laughs> just got a brand new laptop multiple mobile phones you know yeah. i have you know smart lights and things like that like yeah it's it's a thing yeah. but it, it's it's more a matter of the fact that there are known horrible carbon creators and it's just Mm. To me, it doesn't feel like it's being taken seriously enough by certain branches of certain It's places. too slow. It's been adopted too slowly. Yeah. You know, this uh, green thinking is, is being adopted too slowly. But again. Yeah, but that that's just my RTFM, which makes things pretty darn simple. I, I will state, hopefully, Forks and Hash, uh, we didn't really stop to answer your question, but hopefully, by just listening in, you're able to figure out some of what it is that we do. Um, and Envy <laughs> says that, that she likes warm better than cold, and I think she's silly. What about a warm it's so salad? much better. To, no, well, it depends on the salad. There's always a caveat, isn't the there, with salad. us? We can't just say Wait, yes no, or we no. Can't. <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I think cold is better, and I think Envy is wrong. With the cold, at least you can layer. In the heat, you can't peel your skin off. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Josie, actually, because I, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not as warm as I used to be, but I'm, I'm, I prefer to be colder so I can put a jumper on. Exactly. Than, if you're hot, you can't I, do anything uh, about it. If you're too hot, no. And 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 until Tefe says, leave out the snow. <laughs> I say, leave out the humidity. Of snow. Oh, humidity is what kills me. Snow, I'm per- I miss snow. You guys don't know no. snow. No, we don't. You don't. You get, you get a little bit more where you are, though. When I, well, you get a lot more than where I am. I, we yeah, very like rarely see it. Yeah, like two inches a year, if that. That's the thing. I grew up where when you got up, you had to shovel 
to get to a walkway and it could be anywhere from two to three to four feet deep. I miss snow. Real, honest to goodness, snow. We we had a little bit over in the northeast, but in the northwest where I live now, I'm on the coast, no chance. Toltepe if... knows. Yeah, sorry. No. I just read Toltepe's comment. I was like, I think I would know snow. He's from Norway. Ah, he knows snow. Yes, yes, he does. He has the snow authority <laughs> on that. Envy wants 25C. No! <laughs> that is way too 27 hot. 27 degrees Celsius in my room right now, hence why there's a glisten yeah. on my face. It's 26 <clears throat> in my room right now. I have to close my windows when we do this show. Anyway, shall we close uh, the show? We've yes. wit witted we enough today. We, we have indeed wittered enough, as the case may be. We are at the end of our show. A massive thank you to everybody who has shown up to Tepe, Envy, Forks, and Hash. Hopefully you, you'll catch us in the future. And thanks to everybody who listens on the future in the podcast. That is not a proper sentence, Josie. Chris wrote it right. I read it wrong. Anyway, come visit our website at www.dnistream.live where you can find links to our past episodes and all of our social media channels. You can also use our website to contact us for any reason. Give us feedback. If you like something, tell us. If you don't like something, tell us. If you want to see a topic covered in the IT world, in the freelance world, just Get in touch with us. Let us know. And you could also send us funny dev stories that we could potentially read out on the stream. And you, speaking of the website, you can now, and, and as always, see the uh, source code on github.com forward slash DNI stream, which is a now unified URL. Uh, the issue board is linked to our Discord, so we do get updates if you post an issue. We also do do some development. I did a stream a few, was it last week? Last week. It was, was last, it last Friday. Week? I did a stream, the first ever DNI stream. It's still available on our um, on our Twitch, Twitch broadcast. I'm not sure if we'll upload it to YouTube. I'm not sure if it's the kind of thing we want to like use on the channel. So we'll fi we'll figure that out. We still haven't really discussed it in any more detail, but we will be doing more development streams and more. Um, teaching streams as well. Yes. So we actively encourage members of the community to get involved with our development. We've had a few issues raised. We've had one thing kind of submitted, but other than that, if you've got any interest in Angular, in in RESTful services, in test-driven development, in .NET Core, anything like that, please do get Docker. involved. Docker! <clears throat> yes, yes. Yes, and keep your eyes on our Twitter account at DNI Stream. Again, we're rebranding everywhere. Not really rebranding, but we're we're unifying. Mm -hmm. We're at DNI Stream in a lot of places. And of course, come hang out at our Discord at discord.dnistream.live. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, <gasps> youtube.dnistream.live. Yes, and <laughs> Finally, thanks to Josie, the podcast is now available on, wait for it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castro, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and maybe more in the future. <laughs> and you can use any of yes. those platforms to subscribe to our podcast now and uh, and, and get involved, or YouTube, as yeah. we said. And if you are listening in, and any of those, and they have the ability to leave reviews or anything else like that, please do. Mm -hmm. Just little reviews. Help us to get better. We want to take this to the moon. We do. We do indeed. And we, 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 yeah. we've got lots of we've got lots of things that we can talk about. But we'd also like to talk about things you guys are interested in. So 
please yes, do. Yes, and you Give can be a guest. Oh, you can we be let, a guest as well. We let people come on as guests. So we hope to see you next week at 7 p.m. Thursday, UK time, on twitch.tv slash Deanna Stream. And next week, I have a feeling I know what we're going to talk about. We won't have a guest. Potentially. That might change. Potentially. I have uh, potentially got somebody interested, but I don't we know. Potentially Give them potential. a few dates. Yeah. So we'll be here next week. As to the topic, pay attention to Twitter. That's where we reveal. Indeed. And catch you mm -hmm. later, everyone. Thanks Bye, for watching. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.